0: It's text from 702, love the idea of having a woman coaching the Pels. Perhaps if we had a woman referee in the playoff game, the Saints would have been playing in the Super Bowl instead of the Rams. There you go. Yeah, couldn't have done any worse than those guys did. Welcome back to the show. Seth Dunlap, Logan Falgu. It's the last lap on WWL. Our Blue Runner Gumbo opinion poll at WWL.com. The new NFL pass interference replay rules will mean more what? consistency or chaos split vote right now about 55 percent saying consistency but 45 percent saying chaos i think it's going to be a little of the bull especially the first year i just don't know how you expect al Riveron and everybody in the league offices and in replay command in new york and certainly the officials to adjust to this on the fly you can just look at all the issues we've had with the catch rule if you don't think we're gonna have some issues with this you're fooling yourself but necessary step they just had to do it in fact that's why this was made. It's the reason Jason Garrett and Bill Belichick made speeches at the owner's meeting and Roger Goodell and Sean Payton were basically holding hands at the boat. They all knew this had to get done, and thank goodness it did. We'll talk a lot more about that as the week goes on. Doug Muton coming into the show now at DMouton WWL TV anchor and sports director there. Doug, what's going on, man? And Let me ask you this first because I am very confused here. You had to delay <laughs> – <laughs> you had uh, tongue in cheek here, but you had to delay your appearance on the show because you're a fantasy baseball nut. What's going on here?
1: Well, yeah, we had a draft tonight. I'm actually in the Times Picayune league. It's it's like a 35 year old league. It's and yeah, I got in it a few years ago. Look, the, the thing I love about baseball and fantasy baseball is that I generally pro baseball. I don't really cover it for work, so I can just be a pure fan. And it's fun, and it's you know it's a bunch of guys who are fun to hang out with. We did it at Drago's, so we ate and drank oh. for four and a half hours. So believe me, it was not a bad experience <laughs> with Loser draw.
0: No, doesn't sound like it at all. Uh, let yeah. me ask you. Let me ask you about that. The, the, the change to the replay rules. Were you surprised? I mean, I was off last week, but I was stunned when I got the news that they actually, you know, passed the changes.
1: Yeah, you know, there was a lot of talk that there wouldn't be any changes, but it got to the point where I think everyone realized there had to be. And, look, for the people calling in, I think that's a great poll question, and I think everyone, no matter which way you vote, is correct. All right, here's the deal. Pass interference is 9% of all penalties, but by this study the NFL did, it is 70% of the penalties – that have the biggest impact on win probability. Meaning, even though it's one in 11 penalties, it's by far the most important penalty. The CFL added pass interference as a replay rule in 2015, and it took them a couple of years, but now they do it as a replay, and it's part of their system and it's not a big issue. I agree 100% with what you said. Going to be chaotic this year, but it's a necessary evil. I think in two years it's going to work fine. And one of the really interesting things that Sean Payton said at the NFL owners' meetings that really struck me is that he believes this will actually lead to less challenges overall. They've they've incorporated into the regular challenge system, but the thinking is if you've got a guy who might have stepped out of bounds and it might be a four yard difference. You're not going to challenge that in case Tommy Lee Lewis happens later. Because you might be able to challenge something that really matters, you might keep a challenge of a a significantly less important call in your pocket. And I think that's true, and it might lead to slightly speeding up the game because coaches are now going to save that challenge. I mean, what would have happened? Could you imagine if – 2.30 to go in the game, that Tommy Lee Lewis play happens, and you're out of challenges. (laughs) Then, all of a sudden, it's on you. So coaches are going to realize they're going to have to keep a challenge in the pocket. So I thought that was really, there's a lot of really interesting nuances. I agree 100% with you. It's something they had to do, and there's going to be kinks, and hopefully in a year or two, they get it worked out.
0: That's a great point. I haven't even thought about the coaching angle of that and how it's going to affect. And I hadn't thought
1: them. about it either until Sean Payton brought it
0: up. Yeah, no, it's it's great. I look, I love Jordan Peele. He's starting the you know the new Twilight Zone series. I thought I was in the Twilight right. Zone when I saw like friendly physical contact between Roger Goodell and Sean Payton. You talk you talk about something Damn. that needed to get done. If those guys are coming Damn. together to get it done, you know it was crisis yeah. time.
1: What? Yeah, no, and and I'll say this, and this may sound a little goofy, but from an emotional standpoint, and certainly fans in New Orleans have taken this and continue to take this ridiculously hard, but from a wins and losses for the Saints, I think the franchise needs Sean Payton to be okay with it. And in his press conference, the same day as Roger Goodell's press conference, he looked emotionally wrecked. And clearly, was trying to get over it and saying he was getting over it. But if you heard him, he did not look like he was getting over it. If you watched Sean Payton after this thing passed, the you know, and it was a hallway kind of press, what really a press conference, but you know, he spoke to media after it happened. He was bubbly and upbeat. To, for, for the emotional well-being of the Saints, the team needed to get past it. And it actually looked like they had. And I thought that may be the the biggest long-lasting effect to the Saints is that Sean Payton now steps away feeling okay about this and ready to move on. And I think, I mean, look, the team to me is too stacked. Right now, I mean, obviously they should have been in this Super Bowl. They're stacked to get to the next Super Bowl, but they've they've got to put last season behind them. And I think this emotionally will really help Sean Payton do that. And in that sense, it's a huge win for the city of New Orleans.
0: It's a very familiar voice of Doug Mouton with us, WWL-TV Channel 4 anchor and sports director. Later this month, we've got the NFL draft, but... A little curious one for the Saints because they only have that one pick in the top 100 picks. Still getting pumped for the draft this year, Doug?
1: Yeah, not like it used to be. I mean, but look, I'll say this too. The Saints have have never had a problem with trading away whatever assets they can find to move up. Now, I don't think there's any way they can move up into the first half of round one. they got a first-round pick next year, and they've got – I mean – I wouldn't put anything past them if they see something out there that they like, somebody starts dropping, certainly by the time we get to the beginning of round two or even late round three, you've got this year's two. And And I'm not saying they should do that, but I'm saying they have shown an absolute willingness to do it. I'd say when the draft starts, if, if, if all you care about is the Saints, skip about the first 15 picks, but then you better put it on because any time after pick 15, it wouldn't surprise me if the Saints jumped into the draft.
0: Well, you know it's 1040 on Sports Talk Radio when we start going hypothetical, but it makes it fun. So, Doug, a lot of talk. and it's
1: the, the draft all
0: hypothetical yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's true no but a lot of talk the last week even when i was off i started hearing it and you can feel the buzz starting to build and i think it might reach fever pitch this summer and that's the becky hammond buzz here as a possible coaching candidate for the pelicans uh, do you have an opinion on becky hammond are you uh, have you been thinking about the pelicans next coach should alvin gentry and again i think it's a should not a will uh, thing i don't think it's a done deal yet but should he be fired
1: yeah i, I... You bring in a new GM, I would say there's a 90% chance the new GM is going to want to bring in a new head coach and should. Uh, the Hammond sure seems qualified. I mean, obviously I don't have a, you know, a lot to back up an opinion, yes or no. Um, sure, if, if they think she's the best person, honestly I've been much more concentrating on the what happens with the GM and what happens with Anthony Davis, and then you figure that part out after that. I mean, You clearly have to make a GM move, decide what you're doing with Anthony Davis, and then move on from there. But, I mean, certainly there's going to be a lot of qualified candidates, and certainly she seems as qualified as anybody out there. We wound up having a long debate in the sports office about what LSU does about its head coaching job. Um, I, I think it's a long shot that Will Wade stays and there are a lot of really interesting people out there, potentially, for LSU. So there, there's a lot of int- basketball intrigue coming after basketball season.
0: Ah, yes. Yeah. So i may go park myself in those sports meetings over at the building because uh, I am just very curious to know how insufferable Andrew Doak's going to be this week, Doug.
1: Oh, with Texas Tech? Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, look and- – Andrew is one of the great people that I've worked with. <laughs> Every day comes in with a smile on his face. Every day can't do enough. But I will say this. He is Texas Tech Red Raider through and through. We do a sports, we do a, a NCAA bracket with just the five of us in sports. And Andrew has Texas Tech winning the national championship which should surprise no one. And they have been maybe the most fun team in the tournament to watch. And among the five of us, if Texas Tech wins and gets to the championship game, he wins the pool among the five. The way we do it is we all put up $5, and then who's ever last has to put up an extra five. And Ricardo Lecombe will be – I try to avoid last. (laughs) Ricardo will be last. If Texas Tech wins, Andrew wins. If Texas Tech loses, Danny Rodgers well, our sports producer wins, but we haven't, I, I, I had both Kentucky and Duke getting to the championship game and they both lost back to back. Well, so that. I was out, I went, yeah, I went from the odds on team to beat to out of it in two straight games.
0: Well, I've been telling my sob story all night, Doug. I had, for the first time in my life, I only do one bracket, so this is sheets of integrity stuff. This is 90 brackets, and I pull out the one that I did well. Oh,
1: yeah, I do one. I do one as well. Right? Yeah, so I had a
0: perfect sweet 16. 16 to 16. Never had it before no, in my life. No, you did not. I did. See,
1: Ricardo had 15 out of 16. He was the best at that round, but then had everybody wrong advancing from
0: there. Nope, that's my story, Doug. 16 to 16 in the sweet 16, and oh, I have zero, <laughs> zero
1: the final oh, four and none of the final four
0: none in the final four i will say about andrew though uh you know I'm, I'm from spokane washington grew up a gonzaga fan so we were texting a lot this last week he was gracious and humble i'll tell you a lot more gracious in victory than i was in, in a loss so you can you can tell him i said that
1: <laughs> <laughs> well i i don't know if you know natalie shepherd she she's now working in milwaukee she was our main anchor yeah. for five years great fun human being NCAA bracket. She has Michigan State beating Virginia in the final. Wow. She, is, she's, she goes to Milwaukee. She enters the bracket at the station, and she's already almost sewn up the win among the 80 people who entered.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. Doug, bracket. it's always fun, man. I Give my regards to Andrew, okay, and tell him I forgive him for this uh, Zag uh, uh,
1: defeat. He, I don't want to see him Saturday <laughs> if Texas Tech wins. He will be. Absurd, and they've never been to this point. And he doesn't cover Texas Tech, so he could just be a ridiculous screaming idiot, and <laughs> no one minds. And I'm sure he will be.
0: <laughs> no doubt about it. Really appreciate it, Doug. Uh, we'll talk to you again soon, man. Thanks so much.
1: All right, steph Anytime. No. Okay.
0: All right. Doug Mootson, sports director and anchor at WWL TV Channel 4. And yes, like I promised. I texted Andrew about this. I'm sure he will not have a problem coming on the show to talk a little Red Raider basketball and also talk about uh, the needling. You know what? No, I'm not even going to lie. He wasn't needling me. That's not true. I'll have to check my phone. I don't think he was needling me at all. In fact, I think after Gonzaga lost, I was needling him about the officiating and stuff, which really didn't matter at all. I was just being, I was being a total fan in that moment, trying to blame stuff on like officiating when it wasn't officiating. All right, this round to you andrew hopefully we'll see each other again in the tournament sooner rather than later thanks to doug uh, when we come back a little sports libs here on the last lap you could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new hyundai santa fe
1: visit hyundaiusa.com for more details hyundai there's joy in every journey